it's a long process to break open all the different layers. And we structure it to where there's these numerous arm's length clauses and layers of onion protection between how you operate your day-to-day business and what you own. So even if they're mad at you, legitimately mad at you, after a while, they get over it and they just go, I'm just not willing to keep on going through this process and paying for it on the off chance we can find this. This is the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Penn, where we interview local real estate investors and professionals to go over tips, tricks, and investing strategies to help you learn about the business and to enable you to achieve your financial goals. And now, welcome to the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today, we have Jennifer Gligerich. Jennifer is a co-founder of Leafy Legal, a legal services provider that helps real estate investors protect their assets with proper structuring. In this episode, Jennifer will tell us what new investors are doing wrong and why we need to structure our businesses properly. If you're new to this podcast, subscribe to the show and leave a review. We release episodes every Wednesday and Sunday and release the show notes on our site, everythingrei.com slash podcast. By the way, if you need help financing your next real estate project, check out Conventus Lending. Conventus is the best hard money lender with amazing rates and incredible service. I've used them for years, and they've always been incredibly easy to work with. If you need a hard money loan, contact me at sean at everythingrei.com to get $1,000 off of your processing fee. And if you want to know the secrets of how investors in the Bay Area are making huge profits in one of the most expensive markets in the world, Download the free Ultimate Bay Area Investing Handbook on our website, everythingrei.com. Enjoy. All right, Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the show today. Go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know who you are and tell us what you do. Well, my name is Jennifer Gligerich and I'm with Leafy Legal Services. So we provide asset protection, entity structuring, equity stripping, estate planning, as well as checkbook control retirement accounts, specifically all geared for real estate investors and entrepreneurs. So that's what I do. Perfect. And I know you have a partner, Brian. Can you tell me how you guys decided to create Leafly Eagle Services together? Well, Brian and I have known each other for quite some years. He's an engineer by trade, kind of like yourself. And he and I both got into business building. I was a crisis intervention coach for small businesses. So I would go into a lot of small businesses if they were tanking, and I would help save them or help the owner's transition into something, a more viable option, right? And I met Brian about seven years ago, and he actually hired me to scale a digital marketing affiliate network guru, right? And that sort of company. So we scaled it from about three people. He started with three people. There's a little bit more when I came on to 221 people in 21 countries in 18 months, after he built me, because that's my expertise. I have a huge HR background and top talent as well. So we did that. And then we went on to different projects. And sometimes I would call him on or he would call me on. And then about three years ago, I was tasked with scaling an asset protection law firm. So one that is run partnered by lawyers. And it was a unique challenge, but it brought together all my background. Because if you're an entrepreneur, you're listening to Than Merrill, to Wealth Builders, you're listening to all of that, right? You know, because entrepreneurs and real estate investors are always very tied hip to hip on most events that you go to. And we did big live events and summits and all these sorts, sorts of deals. So we scaled it. And at the end, when that project was over, the entire time I was there, I thought this could be done a lot better. But there are certain 
certain things that are with law firms that you just, you can't do. You know, law firms are very expensive. Lawyers are very expensive. And it doesn't really have to need to be that way, I believe, for real estate investors. So we created Leafy Legal Services and we had an entire team already experienced in asset protection and what we're doing for investors so that we could be nestled in between these do-it-yourself I mean, wild, wild west online ventures where you go, you pay a ton of money or you pay almost no money and you just get documents that you fill in yourself and, you know, maybe they're right, maybe they're not. And there's no warranty with that. (laughs) Or you can go to a very expensive niche law firm and you are paying for, you know, all that mahogany wood and all of those paralegals and everything else. So we do have in-house counsel. We do have our own attorneys, but we are not a law firm. We do have agreements with incredible attorneys in this very niche that are across the U.S. So it's bespoke services for real estate investors. So you get the best bang for your buck. And it's about a third of the cost of what you do going somewhere else. And you're also not going to pay for things that you don't need that they're going to have to pitch and charge you because they have overheads that we just don't. Mm, That's a very interesting story. So just to back up really quickly. So when you and Brian first started working together, Brian was starting a digital marketing company. And so essentially you guys had a client who was like a, a legal services client and you were doing their digital marketing for them. No, no we were hired by a digital marketer. So he was the CEO of that company. And he hired me on as the global director of HR. So we have spent, you know, each have our own businesses. And so we have been hired by gurus, basically in this niche for almost the last eight to 10 years, digital marketers, affiliate wealth builders, you know, putting on live events, the type of live events that would have Than Merrill on stage or Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, you know, people like that pitching to entrepreneurs and investors, various business opportunities, affiliate networks, real estate, teaching them about real estate, teaching them about investing gold and silver and coins, and just teaching about alternate things that, you know, you hear about when you become an investor, no matter what type of investor you are. And then I'm the one who was scaling the law firm, brought an entire team because I've worked with them for almost, you know, some of them over a decade. And then when that project was over, we all had a big meeting. We thought it was going to be a lot long term. So there was money left on the table and we were all like licking our wounds going, okay, they just kind of don't want to scale the way we thought that they would. So our experience is just isn't not going to gel, right? So what do we do? And they said, we want to do this. And so I went, can we be, you know, do something different, but in the same niche? Heck yeah, we can. And so we're off to the races and we're happy as clams because this is really what we always wanted to do. You know, we have a team that is in this niche specifically with real estate investors. And we have some serious mission statement goals like Every time we help a real estate investor, we are turning around a property that could be very bad for our environment. It's leaching chemicals into the ground. It's sitting there vacant. And on top of that, we have a horrible crushing homeless problem in many areas of the country. So every single real estate investor, we help not get into a lawsuit. Number one, we're helping with vexatious lawsuits. We're helping to stop litigators from suing good people just because they have the word founder. CEO, investor on their business card. You know, your chance of getting sued as an American is already one in 25%. According to the National Survey of Court Data in 2017, real estate investors particularly have a 95% chance of getting sued within the next 20 years. 
That's an astronomical increase. The same goes for anyone who has CEO, COO, owner, president, anything on their business card. You get into a wreck, they get your information, it's on the ticket, and that person, even if it's their fault, will go to a vexatious attorney. The first thing the attorney does is looks into free, you know, well, not for them, they pay for it, but it's public record. And if they see you own a rental house, that's something they can put a lien against. So everyone we can stop by layers of anonymity from being able to sue you because they look and there's, you don't really own anything. So they tell that guy, yeah, there's no case here. We're helping to declog the courts. So we're helping the environment. We're helping to declog the courts and we're helping to get families into homes. On the flip side of that, we're experts on remote workers, remote professionals, but not in a gig buck economy. We're exploiting our workers. That's why my people, my team have been with me for years and years and years. The idea of having to sit in traffic and add to carbon emissions and everything else, and then the money workers spend just to be able to show up at work when you could be at home, have the ability to structure your schedule around your family needs to be able to have a family life rather than sitting for hours in traffic is very important to us. And you also get to keep and use more of your own money because you're not having to pay for certain lunches every day. You can cook your meals. It's also a healthier lifestyle. It's not for everyone though. You have to be very structured. You have to be very committed to it because it's easy if you stay at home. Also too, you've got to know when to stop. You know, you can get extreme high levels of burnout from when you work at home. So, but still the benefits, once you get into the groove far outweigh you know, the old way of doing things. It's a new world. It's just going to be a new world with the way people work. And so I believe that not only can we help investors escape these nine to five jobs, but what about the people who do work nine to five jobs? There's a better way to work. So just by having a company model like this, that traditionally was utilizing space that doesn't need to be utilized when it doesn't have to, passing those savings on to the client is better for everyone. It's win, 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 win. Yeah. I mean, that's basically how you're able to charge less for these legal services because you don't have that giant overhead expense for an office. Right. I live in Texas. Air conditioning alone would be a crippler. Wow. Yeah. So I was wondering, like, how is Brian in Los Angeles and you're in Texas and still able to have a company? I mean, basically your whole team is all remote, right? Yeah. But I did 221 people in 21 countries and we were, you know, doing millions of dollars a month processing. And it's communication. See, Being able to manage a remote team, and this is important for investors who sometimes are, you know, if you're a multifamily, you're not always in the city that you're going to be. You're going to be meeting people. And how do you establish relationships with people that you're never going to meet in person? Well, you have to become very uh, comfortable with video calling, talking to people on the phone and free. And some of them are free. There are so many free tools for communications and some of them are very inexpensive things like Slack, being able to have your own Slack channel and you're talking to people. And I have relationships now with people that I genuinely love. I send them Christmas gifts. They send me Christmas gifts. You know, we love each other and I've never met them in person, but I tell you what, I know what's happening in their marriage. I know what's going on with their kids. I am closer now to some people that I work with in my team than I was working with someone in an office for years because your communication has to be so much stronger and you have to be a better manager. So the thing about virtual teams 
is if you're a piss poor manager regularly, you're going to tank. You won't be able to use this business model. It's not going to be for you. Your management game has to be very strong. You've got to be able to not just look at analytics, but it's the people. And if you have that, then you can scale exponentially compared to someone else. So if you're an investor, you'll be able to establish relationships and different things like that. Now, nothing can beat physical, you know, being able to see or touch someone in person. That's always going to be the best type of communication. But, you know, video has come a long way than the way it used to be. I mean, it's pretty high def. I just talked to another company. I can't remember their name off the top of my head, but we were talking about doing a type of summit and they had, remember them after our recording, but they have a device that they mail to a company, right? And then, so like, say you have a company and you want to do a conference and you want people to get the in-person experience and a 3D digital display comes up and it looks like those people are right across from you. So it's like Star Wars, like a little hologram. It's like Star Wars. So they unveiled this when Stephen Hawking was still alive. And it was not even a great prototype. They had his daughter on stage, him in a completely other place. I think he was at his home. And it looked like he was right there next to her. And he said, this is amazing. I can see all over, you know, around you, he was saying. And she was saying the same thing. It's like you're here. And it wasn't even that good. And now they have made it to where, you know, you're sitting there and you can even have a, a type of glove on and you can pull out your PowerPoint presentation. It is completely unbelievable. So they have done this with a philharmonic by brought in a violinist, but she's not actually there, but she's there in front of you. So, you know, in Japan, how they have that anime girl who's like this pop star, but she's anime and they have whole concerts and stuff like that. It's like that, but even better because it's the real person. That's crazy. So I guess you can boast some rapport by having a little hologram come through to represent. Yeah, it's going to be different. It's a different world. And so I pride myself on being on the cutting edge of that different world. But the problem is the management style, the how you manage people in this environment is so different than it used to be because it's so people centric. So you're like, how can it be people centric when we're relying on all this technology to be able to connect? And all I can say is, well, it is. You have to just be much better at it. And you have to be able to be the type of person that convey, to be able to understand and connect with people so that they know, like, and trust you and be a more honest person because you're talking to them a lot more. So there's a lot less room for obfuscations for opacity, you know, it has to be very transparent, your communications. And as we all know, big core, you know, big box stores and everything else, they're not like that. Big tech, there's stuff that goes on that's hidden. This is not conducive for that management style whatsoever. You'll lose your whole team because they have too much time in their own houses, in their own time, and they can feel it a lot more. So they have no time for BS. So it's super interesting because, you know, I have a small team myself where I have them like editing my podcast. I also have some people like cold calling on my behalf, but it seems like a relatively small and easy thing to do, right? It's a small business. You guys have a full on legal team. That seems like a challenge. How do you go about creating an, you know, basically online legal team? 
it's knowing the people. Uh, a lot of them I've developed relationships with for years. So it's like your business. How did you go from knowing nothing and being an engineer thinking, this is not really resonating with me, but man, I spent all these years at school to being a real estate investor. You told me before and, you know, in your story that you went to meetups and you met people and you established relationships. And then finally you took the jump. Well, this is years of that for us to be able to build this up. And, you know, years of people working with me and they go through stuff and I'm there for them. You know, there's been divorces, there's been breakups, there's been tragedies. And I've been there for them because I'm trying to be a friend to them. And so you say, well, business is business. That is a very Gordon Gecko Wall Street sort of thing. I think that's bullshit. Excuse my language. I think that you act out of integrity no matter where you're at and people respect it. I have fired, well, I did outsourcing for an old gas company back in the 90s. And so I've actually fired thousands of people and had to sit in front of people who did not know it company coming. It was during the Enron time. And I was for a company that was outsourcing because I, at the time I was still in staffing and having to tell people that their pensions were not what they thought they were. And I think I did a good enough job because I'm alive and it was in Texas and people carry guns. But, you know, I have looked at friends and I've had to let them go. And sometimes uh, I'm going to tell you, if you have to let someone go, they already know it's coming. If you're a good manager, if you're crap at what you do, they have no idea. Mm -hmm. So in this particular case, you're trying to recruit attorneys to, I guess, fill out your documentation for you guys, because, you know, if I remember correctly, neither you nor Brian are actually attorneys yourselves. So you need to recruit that outside talent. Are these attorneys on like a salary basis for you guys, or are they just like consultants for you when you guys have a specific case? It's very in a consulting because we're not a, a law firm. So that's very important. It's important without attorneys work. So we do have paralegals that work with us for full time. And these paralegals have a lot of experience and are experts in their own field. And then the paperwork just needs to be overseen by an attorney. So in the consultation process, we figure out very quickly, do we need to ask an attorney about certain things? Because some people have some very you know, complicated setups. So then we would go to the attorney, ask them before we'd even pitch them and let them know, hey, if there's going to be another fee. If it's very complicated, we say, OK, we're not a law firm, but this is what we think you might want to do. And here is an attorney we know that we can help you, but you would need to retain their services. And this is the law firm that we feel that can help you. But be, you know, you can shop around if you need to shop around to someone else, but this is what we're looking at for you. So that's how that would work for that. For most of the people that come, they already know, you know, they already have an idea because we're so specialized with what we do. You know, they're not coming here for divorces or anything like that. They're coming here for specific entity creation and documentation. And thankfully the law and what you have to do with that is pretty well set. So it's very rare that they would need to go and do that. But sometimes it happens. And sometimes it's just, we know that this is what you need, but go to a CPA and make sure too, because there might be some extra things that you have that being covered. And who would you say are your target clients? Real estate investors at any single stage. Okay. So if they're brand new, they basically have like one property, they're still okay? But yeah, if they don't have properties, I would tell them to come to me and let us set, set up at least your first LLC. The last thing I want to do as an entrepreneur, and that's if you're a graphic designer or an aspiring real estate investor, is doing things under your own name. Now, it's one thing to get a mortgage in your own name. If, you know, people do that all the time, even some of the best investors will springboard their credit to get it, but then they want to move that asset immediately out away from their name, you know, so... 
Whether you're buying in an LLC or buying in your own name, you need to have another structure to move that property out of your name and away from you so that there's an arm's length so that asset is not up for grabs for a sharky attorney or someone who might just target you. And you don't know who that person is going to be. You could get a great flip. I mean, it wasn't even one of my clients. I was on bigger pockets. I'm big on bigger pockets. I have a blog there and all this other stuff. And the guy was saying, so my wife and I are living in the flip that we're about to do. This is someone else's story that I'm hijacking here. And there is a boundary dispute. So they had this neighbor, the wife worked all day. The husband stayed home because he had some accident and he was really weird, right? They even said he was weird when we went over and said hi. So he goes and marks out, he gets a survey done. He marks out his property line and the guy comes out and starts cursing him up and down saying, you can't do that. That's not that. That all belongs to us. Who that blank do you think you are? I mean, out of the blue, freak the guy out, right? And he's trying to explain, no, here, the paperwork, the guy hits him, no paperwork, you know, get that out of my face. I know what this is. That's a lie. You know, you're just trying to steal our property, right? And the guy goes, man, this is a problem. So he says, okay, okay. I tell you what, we'll get another survey, you know, and we'll work this out. Okay, we'll work it out. Uh, and he just picks up all of his stuff and he goes like, right. And then he starts to worry because everything's in his name, right? And then he thinks, ah, oh, he's just hot headed. Maybe he had a bad med day or something. And then the next day, the guy painted all the trees on that line blue, painted them. Like, why do you paint them? He just went out and painted all the trees, his trees, whatever. And so the fight has begun. <laughs> and it's times like that. Before any of that happens, you need your structure set up. If you run out and do something right when you get someone who's obviously the personality type that will go and find, you know, because they don't always tell the truth to attorneys either. So he can go to some really big attorney and just tell them all this stuff. And they're mean to me and they hate me because of this. None of it has to be true. But all of a sudden you're getting sued and it's your name and do you have any other flips? And it's a big nightmare. So we try to help, you know, mitigate that before it even happens. Yeah. What is the whole process of getting your structure set up with you guys at least? Oh, okay. Well, people just give us a call and then we have a consult and we talk about where you're at, you know, so let's say you don't have any property at all. Well, depending on what state you're at and what you want type of business you want to do in real estate. Cause some people want to go straight into multifamily. Some people want to do wholesaling, you know, they're not going to hold anything. They're just going to wholesale. Then depends on the structure that's best for them, whether it's an LLC, an anonymous LLC, a series LLC, a Delaware statutory trust, or some combination of an LLC and a trust. We then map that out and it's pretty standard, you know, depending on which state they're in and what they are. So most people fall into a pretty good category. And then we talk about what they have pretty much. We figure it out on the call. So I'd say 90% of the people I can give them a quote right then and there. And we just get started for the 10% that have partners and there's like extra things in there. I'm going to want to bring in the attorney to talk to them. And then the attorney will look it over and say, this is what would be best. And then we quote them from there. Yeah, and remember you were saying before we started the podcast that typically other legal services would cost maybe like thirty thousand or so to create these entities, but because you guys have you know this remote concept going on, you're able to greatly reduce that figure. What does it cost to set up an LLC with you guys? It depends on which state you're in and what type of structure, if it's anonymous or not. So you can look at anywhere from five hundred dollars on up to you know several thousand dollars, depending on how complicated it is for you, which is greatly reduced. I think our largest competitor, like let's say you want to step in, you live in Nevada and you're operating in Nevada and you're going to want to do wholesaling. 
and you haven't done anything before and you're already freelancing with someone else and you're doing your freelance graphic arts gig in your name and you're getting hit up all the time for free logos and you hate it, right? So the first thing you need to do is just get an LLC. So if, let's say a Nevada LLC, we, you know, anonymity and all that, I think our largest competitor is $12.95 plus taxes and fees, and we're right at $8.50, and that's it. So we're already several hundred dollars less than the biggest competitor. If you were to Google it, they would come right up first page of search, you know. And what was the, like, I know some people use LegalZoom. Why wouldn't they just use LegalZoom? You know, some people can use LegalZoom for, let's say, a last will. You don't own anything. You don't have any property. And you just need a will because you're going on vacation, right? And you want to make sure something is down, right? That's good. No, that's fine. I'm not going to knock LegalZoom. There's a huge market for that. But if you're a real estate investor and you have property and you're looking at wanting to be anonymous and you're looking at actual asset protection and a, an estate plan that will avoid probate, because, and that is a living trust with a pour over will where you have a durable power of attorney, a medical power of attorney, a medical health care directive, the entire thing that rolls all of your trusts and LLCs into it with a pour over will so that if you're doing business till the very end, or let's say you go on vacation, something horrible happens, then everything instantly gets to the trustee of the will avoiding probate. There's no question of that. And your estate just keeps on running as if you were there until either you recover from your injury or your spouse takes over or the beneficiary is old enough to assume what they're able to get. Yeah. So basically you want to have a legitimate structure in place instead of just flimsy piece of paperwork. I just want to say some of them aren't flimsy. Some of them is the best paperwork you would get. And it makes sense to go do that. But not if you have any assets, not if you're married, if you have children, if you have a family home with equity. If you live in California, then you're going to need a special type of trust to protect the equity in your house. Because just California, your homestead exemption there is a joke. I mean, it's what, $75,000 if you're single, they just raised it from 50000 And then if you're married, you only get $100,000. That, that doesn't buy you a closet. So if you have a house worth anything there, even if in the most you could possibly get, if you're disabled over 55, like every single thing you can think of is $175,000. Again, you can get two closets for that. Everything else can attach to a lawsuit, which means that you could have someone, you're at a crosswalk, and they already know about you. They've seen your house. They follow you. And then they fall on your car. And you are just, you know, like, and you go, ah, oh, that doesn't happen. Yeah, actually it does. You know, people get desperate when they have no money, right? And anytime that there is an economic, you know, anything, oh, we're going to go into recession. We're going to go into this. Guess what? Lawsuits start to creep. People get desperate. People start hedging their bets. So if you have nothing to gain, you know, you go from, so let's say that happened, right? They fall on your sidewalk or something happens, right? Bad tenant or whatever. I don't know. What'll happen is they put liens against it, right? So even if it's small, let's say it's just a small amount, right? You're going to go into to court. You have to get an attorney now. Them and their attorney are sitting there and you're going to say, I have cameras. I have witnesses. I've got a witness statement that knows this guy that says that he was put up to it. I mean, you could have the strongest thing in that mediation. And the other attorney is going to look at you and say, well, that's great. But you know what? Juries are fickle. I'm going to take my chances. That's the time your attorney looks at you and pulls you aside and goes, look, this sucks. But if they push it and you go to court, 
it's going to cost you 10 grand, eight to 10 grand. The lien on your house is only 5,500. Now, usually it's a lot more money than this. So what do you want to do? Go to court? And he goes, well, yeah, I want to go to court. The guy has no money. You'll get a judgment, but you won't get any money for it. So even if you win, yay. So then you're like, damn it. You just pay someone for nothing. Now reverse that. You have asset protection. You have everything separated away from you. You have the majority of your equity somewhere else. Well, that's not mine. And you would say that. The guy can't find anything on you either. So before you even get to that mediation, that guy's there in that lawyer's office and he's looking, he's looking, he's looking. He sends it to his skip tracers and paralegals who also look. And he looks at the guy and he goes, you know, you don't have a case. You don't have a case at all because he knows he's not going to make a penny off of it. Mm -hmm. So, and what happens to you? Nothing. You don't even know that was a problem. How do people find someone's information? Like who owns the LLC? Like, isn't it all in like public record somewhere? All in public record. You can look it up on the, like the state website, secretary of state website. You can look up businesses. You can look up CAD records. That's all public record. You can buy lists. I mean, you can go to Fiverr right now and just pay one of their skip tracing people to give you a list of, you know, anyone that you really want. And they'll, they have, you know, I think it's like deeds.com and, and all these different software programs used by paralegals and lawyers to be able to pull deeds and do deed research so they can do the ancillary documents when you're transferring over property to one another. And so for a lawyer, that's like nothing a month to do that. And they can just type it in and it pulls from everything. So how do you go about protecting yourself if you say, hey, yeah, he doesn't own the property, but he owns the LLC that owns the property. But how do they know you own that LLC if it's you have an operating LLC, but then that property doesn't belong to you. That property is underneath an anonymous land trust, which is not filed for the state. Oh, I see. So that's how you protect it. Not through like an LLC, but through a land trust that's anonymous. Yeah, yeah. You would do an anonymous land trust, or if you're in California, you would do a Delaware statutory trust. And that is a corporate veil they're not allowed to pierce. They, I mean, a Delaware statutory trust, the laws are changing. So if you are in a divorce, there is some case law saying that that can be broken up for certain divorce situations. So there is no like silver bullet for anything, especially on why they're suing you. You know, if they're suing you because of serious criminal activity on your part, then the government gets involved. Then there's unlimited cash to come out out for you, right? So criminals, this is not for you. What this is, is for regular people looking to protect what they own. If you do business in the right manner, then they are not going to be able to find it. They're not going to have the time, the money, or the effort, or the anger. It's a long process to break open all the different layers. And we structure it toward these, these numerous arms length clauses and layers of onion protection between how you operate your day-to-day -day business and what you own. So, you know, you're looking at years. So even if they're mad at you, legitimately mad at you, you slept with their sister and their mom at the same time and uh, send it to all their friends. You know, I don't know what you're doing, but, you know, even that after a while, they get over it and they just go, I'm just not willing to keep on going through this process and paying for it on the off chance we can find this because of that. So, you know, we try to help you with that. So I haven't heard much about Delaware Statutory Trust. Can you go ahead and explain what that is? Yeah, Delaware Statutory Trust, it operates in a very similar manner to a series LLC, but there are some differences. You have uh, different trustees that are under it, but you also have, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm just going to say I'm not the lawyer, right? So I'm going to give you the mile high view of it. So
So you would still operate in the manner that you would do, but everything would be held in a trust. And there is a main trust. And then you have other trusts and series. There's a series of that trust. So you would have offshoots underneath the main parent trust. So let's say if you own 10 houses, each one of those 10 houses is held by three different structures that have anonymous clauses that would have to be broken open to get to house one. So just because they're, let's say they are able to do that because a person died in that house or it was, it was something that you were able to break that. The rest of your assets are still completely protected and they'd have to go all through it to get to everything else if they could even find it or know of a record of it. So it's very powerful. And so how does that differ from a you know, a serious LLC? Well, there are a little bit of differences in the Delaware Statutory Trust. You can put your personal residence, your vacation residence, you can put a shopping mall in it, you could put an airport in it. And also too, that trust is the only one recognized by California, Delaware, and Massachusetts. A series LLC is only is only recognized in certain states and it is only allowed in 18 states as an instrument that you can get inside of that state. Meaning you can be doing property in Colorado, but be doing it with a Texas series LC. That many people, and we're experts on the Texas because Texas has no annual state tax. So you're not having to file for your federal taxes and file for Texas, but also Texas is extremely in their taxing and their fees. They're beneficial for owners. They want business people creating entities and running entities through Texas LLCs. So they are very attractive for businesses. So for people in other states that don't offer an LLC, you can still have a Texas LLC that is doing business in that state. So these are all pros for like Delaware Statute of Trust. Are there any downsides for that? Yeah, it can be broken in times of divorce. There's more benefits than there are cons. A con would be that there are laws coming up that might change some of that structure, but they probably won't happen because there's so many people lobbying for it. You know, we have to keep our ear to the ground with it, but it's still the most powerful and ideal structure for real estate investors. That in a series LLC, depending on where you live and depending on where you invest, cons are the accounting has to be correct. If you're a real sloppy accountant, you're going to have to change that. You get to have one bank account, one EIN, but when you're accepting the money or transferring money, you have to delegate and it has to be classed out in your accounting system. So you're going to need to work with a CPA or a CFO advisory service, at least to get it set up so you know how to do it. Once you do that, it's just making a notation in your software. And then when someone comes in, you have to say, no, these were completely different entities and I treated them like completely different entities. That's really for the state is where you're just treating it all the same and just using the structure. They don't like that. You know, and I'm dumbing this down a little bit because, again, I'm not an attorney, so I don't have all the right ways to say it legalese. But that's basically what it is. You have to treat it like a business. You have to do the accounting properly. And then the state will show that there is a a complete separation. If you don't do it that way, or especially you don't fund the trust. And by funding the trust, we mean as soon as you get the property to transfer it over to the trust and away from you or away from the LLC. If you don't do that, then the trust is just sitting there. It has to be funded and the paperwork has to show that it's funded. But we handle all of that. So 
you know, for someone out there, you know, that's not a problem. It's only a problem if they're doing it themselves. They say, oh, I have a trust. And then they never do all the paperwork and the deed work and the ancillary documents to fund it. You see a lot of people getting in trouble that way because they don't have a service like ours that does it for them where they call and they say, hey, I bought something. And then our paralegals just handle everything. Mm-hmm. And are there any common mistakes that you see that clients do when they first come talking to you? They do everything in their own name and they commingle funds. Those are the two biggest things. They are doing it all on their own or they have an LLC and they're taking money to pay their rent, go out to eat with their friends. They're not capturing, you know, they're just, it's all together. You know, that's how it starts out. It's just all in their name. So they don't have anything separated. They don't have like their business separated from their personal and a different account for that than their personal. And they don't show, you know, that this was, you know, like people will just pay themselves randomly, you know, to, to buy, a, take a bill and stuff like that. And they're, they're not doing any accounting for that. So those are the things I see that get people in trouble. And it really is bad because they don't realize it until it's tax time. And then they have a CPA going, what the hell is all this? And they're like, uh. Exactly. So let's go back to the business itself. So the reason why you guys started Leafy Legal Services is because you saw that other attorneys weren't taking full advantage of, I guess, maybe the online platforms that you guys know about, right? You guys are digital marketing experts. So what are some of the things that you guys are doing differently that other law firms are not doing? Well, I don't want to knock law firms. Law firms are great. I mean, they have lawyers and they care about their clients and they're doing everything that they can. It's just that lawyers have so much overhead. They have so much more expenses and they have so many more needs, you know, that they just need because of the structure of that business. They have so much more regulatory tape running a law firm and how they're, you know, a law firm can only be owned by a lawyer and it has to be structured in a certain way. You know, they have partner distributions and all this stuff like that. And so there's just a lot of money just to even have to structure a company like that. And so what we do differently is we don't have all that overhead so we can reinvest it in the company. And then education is really important to us. Getting the education out in our various platforms. We have a podcast. We have a blog. We're on Bigger Pockets. We have a huge expansion that's coming the end of this year, next year, to do our own membership site, not just for clients, but people who listen to our podcast where they can be involved you know, I don't want to say everything that we're going to do because I don't want to, you know, anybody take it, but it's going to be like super cool where they can real time talk to each other. And just by knowing that they're already clients of ours, they know these are people operating in the right way because so many investors get involved with people who talk a great game. And then you find out that they're all over the place. They don't have their structure set up and this and this. And, you know, do you really want to put, hit your car to that horse? Or do you want to do it with someone who's like, no, I've set it all up. I'm good to go. The chances of me going down in flames because of a bad car wreck, you know, or something, you know, no, you can count on me. I've got the foresight to have everything done. So it's going to be like a really strong community where we're going to do webinars and we're going to give them a lot of education behind the scenes and material and stuff like that, because really it's education, but it's hard. You know, you go on bigger pockets or connected investors or even some meetup groups, you get a lot of noise in with the real stuff. So you have to be a very discerning person to be able to filter out the good from the bad. And so any way you can get connected with someone who's already filtering that for you so that you're just getting value, I think is going to be important. It's going to be more and more important. We see this on social media, fake news. I believe that that's real. We get bombarded with stuff only to find out, oh yeah, that wasn't even true because there's no gatekeepers anymore. And it's on every side. You know, I'm not being political. I'm just saying it is hard to get the truth. 
And some truth is subjective. You know, what's true for you and your business may not be true for someone who is buying notes. That's going to be a different set of things they need to worry about. So being able to break that up and have it to people who want it, I think is going to be important. So we're thinking about all sorts of ways to do stuff like that. Nice. So in terms of building the business, you're going to focus on content creation as part of your giant marketing tool? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. And so you guys are doing, you said blogs, uh, very active on bigger pockets, and as well as your podcast. Is that right? Yeah, our podcast is really the biggest one right now. We just did an incredible masterclass with Entrepreneurs on Fire and Josh Lee Dumas. That's going to be dropping in February. We've had Kathy Fetke with the Real Wealth Network. You know, she's got 48,000 investors in her network. We've had uh, Craig Curlip with Bigger Pockets, uh, Paul Moore. You know, we've had some huge. I just did one with HGTV and then now we're on yours, right? So like we're meeting like the coolest people. But yeah, that's too, because the more you meet with people, it's all the same thing. Mindset is the biggest. Realizing that what we were taught about money for the majority of Americans that didn't grow up with a lot of money is not right. There are ways to make money work for you. And there are fears and limiting beliefs that are associated with how we view money and credit that we need to all work through in order to be a lot more plugged in and abundant in our own lives. Chris Noggle, that's who I was thinking. And that also to talking to people who are experts and who are ethical, who've made good names for themselves by being good people and getting those voices out there and amplifying those voices in a platform that has so many voices that aren't like that. So I'd like to be a place where people go pretty much. We know if they're on the show, they're not full of crap. You know, they have something that's really good. They're good people. So yeah, just tell us about your podcast. Tell us, you know, why did you guys create it? And what are some of the key lessons that you've heard from your successful guests? Well, it's called Leafy Podcast. You can go to leafylegalservices.com and it's right there on our main website. You can do everything from that website, leafylegalservices.com. And we created that immediately upon creation of the company because we are marketers in our background and we believe in education and we have a mission, you know, to save the planet and a bunch of other things. The only way we can do it is through certain mediums like that. And podcasting is very popular. And it is the quickest way, I believe, that you can reach an active, engaged audience that cares about what you care about, you know, that people will be able to find it. We found you and, you know, and now we're here talking to you. And I've heard all incredible advice. I think mindset is the biggest one because that's the one everyone overlooks the most. They're like, mindset, mindset. What does that mean? You know, I think that one's big. And you said, just do it. You have to just do it. You can, you can get stuck. And I believe that you were talking about that, that you just went and you did it. It doesn't always have to be perfect, but the quicker you can get some skin in the game when it comes to real estate investing, the better. And you're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes, but learn from them and at least have a plan. Everybody agrees with us. Get your structure in order. That way, if you make a mistake, it won't be one that'll put you out of the game forever you know, knock your legs out before you even get started. That's the worst thing. And that's what I wouldn't want for anyone, whether or not you're like, hey, just help me with an LLC because I want to be the best jingle writer. I'll help you. I love helping creatives because they get screwed in the marketplace a lot. Give us a free jingle. Give us a free logo. Give us a free this. I mean, it's ridiculous what freelancers go through just trying to break in to get a big enough portfolio so they can get a job or create what they really want. And if you don't have a company and you're not presenting yourself in a certain way, people will take advantage. So I do like to mentor people on that scale. And I'm part of a charity that I'm helping to build in New York and with disadvantaged students so that they can get mentorships 
that other students get and they can't because they're too busy taking care of kids or sick family or other kids and working several jobs and trying to go to school. So they don't get to go all the mixers and the fun stuff. They don't have the money, the time or the resources to get there. So I understand how many people with talent don't have it, don't have what they need to launch. And one of those basic things is getting your entity set up. So, yeah. It's good. It's good that you guys have a solid mission statement and uh, are doing things that you are truly passionate about. Yeah, we are. Cool. So Jennifer, are there any last tips that you'd like to share with our listeners before we end our show today? No, I would just say, don't go it alone. You don't have to go it alone. Get your entity set up and start thinking about yourself as a business. It's not just you anymore. You're creating a brand and a business. So think about it like that. Take the extra time and yes, the money to set up your entity, have a plan of how you're going to scale that, and then just work your plan. The people who do that are much more successful than the people who just wing it. There is a great mix between having a plan and then building the plane as you're flying it. You can actually merge those together and be just as successful, just as innovative and have just as much energy. So let me show you how to do it. Perfect. All right, Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing everything today. Uh, How can people get in contact with you? Just go to leafylegalservices.com. And if you're listening to the show today, you can book a consult directly with me for free. It's very easy. Just go there. Perfect. All right, Jennifer. Thank you so much for time. Appreciate it. I appreciate it too. You have a great day. You too. Take care. Here are some of the key takeaways from this episode. You should never set up your business structures on your own. It may be cheap to do it yourself on LegalZoom, but it won't be very effective if you're ever brought to court. No matter what you do, don't do everything in your own name and don't commingle funds. Set up your assets in a proper structure and use proper services to prevent getting sued. Using a service like Leafy Legal allows you to get law firm quality services without having to pay for the extra overhead and expenses that a law firm typically has. Go to leafyassets.com for a free consultation. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find the show notes and other episodes on our site, everythingrei.com slash podcast. If you live in the Bay Area, join our meetup group where we meet up twice a month in San Jose at meetup.com slash everythingrei. And if you thought this was a great episode, let me know what your key takeaway was and share it with a friend who's interested in real estate investing. Thanks and have a great day. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It will only take a second and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at sean at everythingrei.com. That's S-E-A-N at everythingrei.com. Thanks and have a great day.